Welcome to the Blazing Ember podcast, where we aim to amplify the voices of Latino professionals. We, Diana and Maria, founded this podcast to explore unspoken rules and all the ships, leadership, mentorship, sponsorship, and allyship with Latino leaders. We are here to ignite your path to success with valuable insights. Bienvenidos. Hola a todos. Maria Leticia Ozadaz is joining us again for part two of her episode. As we mentioned in the last episode, she's a partner and chair of the Latin American practice and member of the executive committee at Wilkie Farr and Gallagher. And of course, we ran out of time with her in the first episode, so we're back again. Welcome back, Maria Leticia. Que placer. I want to start by asking you one of the pivotal questions that we ask all of our podcast guests, which is what makes your ember blaze? It's our inspiration. It's part of why we're doing this. And so just want to kind of get a sense from the many things you talked about last time. What's your blazing ember igniter? Thank you so much for inviting me back. I love our initial discussion. So I'm happy to join for part two. Look, I think, so, so two things, my inspiration, my parents have been my, my biggest supporters in life. I think they always have been there for me. And even if I left home when I was 18 years old, and it doesn't matter the distance, they are always there. And feeling their support has been just like my, really my superpower in life. I remember them saying to me, so my mother gave me a ring with an emerald. So I'm from Colombia. Emeralds are very important. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Best emeralds in the world, of course. And she said to me, look, if you ever run out of money and uh, for some reason you cannot reach out to us, you cannot find the money, then sell this emerald. And I love my ring. And that uh, that's another story. That ring got me into a little bit of trouble because then I, I agreed to buy a big emerald for one of my partners, but, but it was <laughs> like, that shows really their support. And I still carry, of course, my emerald everywhere. So that they have been my inspiration, but also when I think what inspires me is really immigrants, Colombians, resilient people that work hard. That has been just like my biggest inspiration. Like sometimes when you're down and you think, you work so hard, then you hear so many stories that are so inspiring. And that just gives me all the energy. And being a mom has been my daughter, Valentina, is my biggest love in life. It's just like this, this just like very unconditional love that, uh, that floats. And that gives me just the energy to be a better person. It's amazing. That, I, I just love the idea of the like walking around with, it's your emerald, it's like your little mascot, right? It's like your good luck charm, right? It's kind of that way. So you did talk about kind of immigrating from Colombia to France and then to the U.S., right? Which is kind of an unusual path. So what, tell us a little bit about what does an, being an immigrant mean to you? Because you talked about how important it is to you, but what does it mean to you personally? Like to me, it means great capacity to adapt and to just because, right, you arrive to a new country, even if I grew up at a, going to a French school. So French was my second language. Just arriving at a moment also that Colombia, the only thing that people knew about Colombia was drugs and kidnapping, right? right. Well, so 
when you get there and the only image that people have of you, the only reference is, is that is not uh, the greatest one. So then you have to fight not only with the stereotypes that people have of being a woman of color, but at the, you add to that the layer of uh, being Colombian. So in men really just, again, be persistent, work hard. And that means to me being an immigrant, but also have all this empathy towards others. Having my daughter goes to a French school too. And, and what is great about the, the Lycée Francais, the French school here in New York, is that it's a diverse environment. For her, she doesn't see color. She doesn't even see language because she's just surrounded by kids that speak many languages. She understands that's the world we live in and she respects and and uh, all the cultures and, and colors and, and genders and, and ways of thinking. So for me, that's just uh, just the most amazing thing we have as, as, as immigrants. And so... I know that a lot of that passion that you have for supporting others, right? Just if you've been supported by your family and supporting other cultures because you've been in different places that are not your original home has translated into work that you've done for Aid for Life, right? And you've been a part of that organization for many years. Can you tell us how you got involved, what the organization's about? Yes. So, so I was, I have been involved uh, with the organization for many years. And Jesus Aguais, who is the founder of this beautiful organization, has been my friend uh, for those years. But I, I was like not that connected with the work they were doing with the day to day. I was asking if I wanted to join a group of uh, YPO, which is Young Presidents Organization, a network organization worldwide to go to the borders between Venezuela and Colombia. Mm. And part of that crew that with us was also somebody from Human Rights Watch and Mm. Jesus, the founder of Ed Ed for Life. And being there, seeing their work just in Cucuta was just, I mean, heartbreaking. But also at the same time, I said... I mean, I need to do something. This is just not, I cannot just contribute financially. I need to just raise awareness. So I have been doing that since I I visited three years ago, I think, or four. And I have been the co-chair of their gala. But really trying to raise as much awareness as I can, because it is a tragedy also that the migration crisis that we have, the Venezuela issue, is happening in the same continent. Right. We are in yes. a, in a yes. And sometimes people just don't realize how hard it is. And, and the work they have been doing here in New York, supporting immigrants has been amazing. So, so that's a little bit of, of that story. Amazing. So is Aid for Life. Yeah. I, and I think it's amazing. And you probably went at the height of the migration issue between Colombia and Venezuela, because I think it's simmered down a little bit, but it's still a, a big crisis. Right. I don't think it's solved yeah. Is Aid for Life an organization that's specific to South American immigrants? Where, where are is it? No. So, so look, I mean, yes, they work a lot with, with Latinos, just general Latinos immigrants, and they have offices in Colombia. They open in Panama and other Latin American countries. But uh, but honestly, what they have been doing, and they have been just like using their model to, to be replicated for immigrants from other from other countries to help others. Because 
what they want to do is just like help immigrants as a whole, right? And not only a specific to Latin America, but it started more focused in Latin America. It's a crisis, right? I mean, it's a crisis in Latin America right now. It was for a while in Europe, right? And now it's kind of moved here. Well, there's crises everywhere. I mean, when you that, think about it, right, they've never yes. ended, right? They've never that, ended. No, that's true. It, it, it just, if, for example, with Colombia and Venezuela, it was just never as bad as, as, it, as it has become with the fall of the Venezuelan government. Right. But, but what boggles my mind as, as, a, as a fellow Colombian is that you, if you hark back to the times of independence of these countries, they were all supposed to be one big country. country. Right. So they really right. kind of are your brethren in terms of culture. And yet we have these borders and we don't have a means of supporting each other politically, economically, right. still yeah. very disjointed as a result of politics that 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 right. have been around for hundreds of years. And now, the ebbs and flows. Right. Because sometimes yeah. a country is doing really well and then it flops and then everybody has to move and then the country comes back. And it's just been like that for ever, forever, forever <laughs> and ever. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You might be is migrant. Right. So, yes. so that, and sometimes we don't understand because that's humans move. Yes. Right. And that yes. has been since, uh, since yeah. forever. So have more empathy should be easy, but it's not. Yeah. No. <laughs> not at all. So I'm going to switch us a little bit in gears from a very difficult and complex and unfortunate situation. But in the last episode, you talked a bit about being really busy and all of the things you were talking about, you're working with. You have the Latin America practice, you have the executive committee, and you talked about your daughter and you have the rest of your family. But you talked about being a contributor to a popular business publication in Colombia called La República. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, so I met Fernando Quijano, who is uh, the director of La República, a little bit more than a year ago. He was June in the Dominican Republic at a business summit. And he said, look, I mean, would you be interested? I have heard a lot about you. Would you be interested in contributing to La Republic? And I was like, well, I used to write when I was in high school. It has been a while since then. So I don't know. Let me think about it. So I went, I went to Colombia in the summer of 2022 and I wrote something and I sent it to him and he said, perfect. Yeah. I'm just going to publish right now. And I'm like, really? He said, how much do you want to write? And I don't know. And knowing me, this time we talk about it, like being a perfectionist, I was like, well, I'm going to write a column per week. And he was like, okay. (laughs) I I said, look, I mean, I will not talk about politics. I will just uh, talk about subjects that I think could be interesting, that I think are interesting, and then just give some thoughts about it. I will not really give my opinion. I just want people to think about these things. And that's how I started. And at the same time, I started writing about just like stories. And all these, I do it on my phone. Okay, on so... Your phone? No way. <laughs> I just go on my phone. I keep typing and all my columns, I think not even, I mean, I think I have grown like probably 45 by now or a little bit more. 
all of them have been just on my phone. Yes. Wow. I am dying over here. <laughs> I don't think I could handle the, this news because this whole time, right, where we've been talking about this, taping this episode, and I've been waiting for this moment to hear the part of Maria Leticia as an author. Like I know her as Maria Leticia, the leader, the lawyer, the amazing Latin chair. I did not know this part about you. And to hear it, the behind the scenes look of how you get it done is just amazing because I think Right. Maria and I have the same kind of thing. How have we gotten the podcast going? It's been on our phones, on text, on, at night, in the morning. It's just, you, if you re- <laughs> are passionate about it, you'll yeah. squeeze the time in the little breaks you have. That's and, we're, so- and, we're, and we're opposites too. So she's a morning person. I'm a night person. So it's well, almost like we're working on a worldwide <laughs> operation, right? <laughs> You said something important. When you want to do something, you find a time. Like I I learned that. Look, Mm -hmm. last year, I I don't know if I mentioned, it was a very difficult year. My daughter was sick. We spent three months at a hospital at different moments in time. And that was also when I started writing these columns. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was just a way to take a little bit of a break of what was going on and and write these, these columns for La República. And so writing has been just like that outlet that allows me to do, to just change, switch a little bit from problems and just go and, and do something different. That's interesting. I love it. And, and you know what the other beautiful part is? I'm telling you, I've been a fan of this. I couldn't wait to talk about this. Is <laughs> how it went full circle. So when I finally saw the post about Maria Leticia, and I saw it on LinkedIn, I think it was, I was like, what? She just went, she just came back. It's like she came back to Colombia with all the enrichment of having traveled the world and she's back in a as a force. It's amazing. And I think it's awesome that people get to just to see your column and hear from a female voice, which in Latin America is even um, less popular than it is in the United States. It's so very did, rare. <laughs> yeah. From such a powerful woman, right? So yeah. I really am so excited to hear so, about the publication. I do have to ask this question. As the only non-Colombiana on this call, <laughs> <laughs> what is La República? So La República is an independent newspaper. And I think okay. they have been, so the editor has been doing an amazing job in keeping it. I mean, it's owned by one of the big families there, but keeping that just independence in the content has been um, achievement, I think, that, that Hernando Quijano, who is the editor, has done. And it's a financial newspaper. That's great. But I write about... Uh, I mean, the one that I sent yesterday is more business oriented. It's a little bit, it's talking about WeWork, Chapter 11, others. Yeah. And I call it, I think I call it Visionarios o Villanos Mentirosos. So, <laughs> so it, it's different things, different subjects. And, and it's whatever it comes to my mind on a plane or walking on my phone. Yes. Amazing. That's and so, and then this was a, about a year and a half ago, you said, right? So, yeah. so we're resurfacing from the pandemic, right? And this is what she embarks on. It's just all incredible and a testament to who she is. I, I think this is great. And then, and there's like a, this continues. So you get some sort of spark to write and now you're writing a book. Yeah. So I grew the book actually also on my phone while oh my, my daughter God. was at the hospital and I 
reading to her what I was, but it wasn't intended to be a book. It was just intended to just write about different stories, like life stories. And actually, you will see it. Like, this is like one of my recent versions. So it's Confesiones oh. de Real. Can you say that, that again? What was it? Confesiones de una mujer real. So for our English listeners, real. Confessions of a Real Woman. Yes. Okay. So, so I just started like writing on my phone stories about my life and things that I have learned. And I wrote about pain and I wrote about being a mom and I wrote about perfection. And and then I said, well, I really want to, to publish this. I really want to share this somehow. And if somebody says, oh, I feel less lonely, I feel like somebody has gone through this or that they will think about something that they are going through. Uh, from a different perspective, that will be enough for me and that will be mission accomplished. So, yes, I started uh, writing this, not intended to be a book, but uh, but it's going to be a book. And I have found a complete different passion that I didn't have, didn't know I have. I had it when I was growing up and when I was in high school. But this has been like one of the most amazing things I learned about me last year. Wow. I am so excited to read this book and hear, I know it'll take some time to maybe edit and get it to the press and then actually have it printed, but I'm looking forward to reading it and and learning more about you because I'm just inspired by by all Uh that you do. Thank you. It's amazing. It's amazing. And I will tell you, because we have launched our first few episodes and I was stopped recently at the conference that I'm at and someone said to me, thank you, because the Latinas do not have a voice. And you're giving us a voice. You're you're letting us know that we are not alone. And so that's what I think your book, right? It, it ties perfectly into your book. So thank you for that. So we we do have to come to an end. And when we end, usually we ask folks, we ask the Ember Blaze question, and then we ask folks, like, what's a message? What's a takeaway that you want to leave our listeners in terms of inspiration or whatever it is you want to share? Okay, I was interviewed uh, by a newspaper in Colombia many years ago when I got, I think it was the same year that I got the Latino uh, Justice Trailblazer Award. And I also got a Women's Award by, at the UN. And that, that interview said, the sentence that I, that I said, that is, nada es imposible, nothing is impossible. And it's very cliche. And of course, we hear it all the time. But honestly, for me, really persistence and and knowing that nothing is impossible in, in, in every part of your life, right? Because you you really have to work hard. But understanding that, I think, is very important. And also something that I learned, uh, particular last year when I was in so much pain and concern, is that nothing is permanent, right? And uh, by not being permanent, even the pain that you feel is not permanent. The problems are not permanent. And understanding, it caused me time and uh, time to digest. And I think that's something that I keep repeating to myself. That's beautiful. Thank you for yeah. sharing that with us. And I think it's true, right? I think you have to be, the, to think that nothing is impossible and really embody that you have to be open to learning, right? Open to growing and improving even if it's little by little steps. So 
Thank you so much for joining us today again and sharing more of the personal aspect about you. I'm sure it'll be very, very well received by our listeners. And I wish you a good day and keep us posted on this book. I will. And thank you. Thank you for for inviting me. This was a lot of fun. I cannot wait to read the book. And of course, when you do write your book and it is published, we need to have you come back <laughs> and talk about La Mujer Real. So for the, for our, thank you so much again. Muchísimas gracias. For our listeners, find these podcasts where you normally listen to your podcasts and we'll talk to you soon. Besos. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Blazing Ember podcast and our journey to empowerment. Look out for more episodes to keep your ember blazing. Visit blazingember.com where you can connect with us and share your feedback. Hasta pronto.